New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. It is only through a change in human consciousness that the world will be transformed. The personal and the planetary are connected. As we expand our awareness of mind, body, psyche, and spirit, and bring that awareness actively into the world, so also will the world be changed. This is our quest as we explore new dimensions. Screen time. Hardly a day passes without encountering references in the media to screen time. It's one of those words that we've crystallized into a meme and amplified. But there's a problem with screen time. It's a narrow frame that focuses only on setting limits. It doesn't help us to clarify where we want to go or how to get there. And it implies that Wherever our wish for destination might be, screens are obstacles, not potential vehicles. What if instead of focusing narrowly on screen time, we pulled our view out wider for a big picture look at our complicated relationships with technology and our devices? These are the words of our guest today, educational consultant and parent coach, Claudia Lamaru. Today, she'll be sharing with us strategies for living more mindfully with our digital devices as individuals, partners, parents, and citizens in a connected world. Claudia Lamaru works at the intersection of new technologies and education. She helps parents and young people nurture the skills needed to make wise choices about technology that will lead to greater well-being. And she's the founder of Mindful Digital Life. Join us for the next hour as we explore how to create a mindful digital life grounded in nature and authentic connections with others. With our guest, Claudia Lamaru. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I'll be your host. Welcome to New Dimensions. Claudia, welcome. Hi, Justine. Great to be here. It's great to have you. I know for some years you've been noticing the concerns of families and children and young people in this digital universe we live in. And I'd like for you to really share with us your experience there. But first, I'd like for you to give us a kind of background of your experience with these digital platforms and your philosophy as to their strengths and weaknesses. Okay, that's a big question. Yeah. <laughs> Where to begin? I, I'm, I'm just thinking of myself as a young, uh, enthusiastic educator at a kind of experimental school in Cincinnati that was using um, black and white video technology to give teachers feedback, um, video feedback on 
how they were in the classroom and interactions between the children. And that was a revelation for me that really opened the door to the positive, powerful uses of technology and expanding um, what we're able to see and think about. And so I've been an early adopter of um, technologies. And I'm, I'm thinking about the the first time that I saw on my little Mac Plus computer this game that was uh, called Manhole, I think. It was a hypercard stack. And it was, it was all visual, you know, navigating through worlds. And that really um, inspired me that this um, tool, this computer software, um, it was really going to change education. And so I've always been working at that edge of what's new, what's what's coming, and trying to prepare and think more deeply so that we can be more choiceful in how we use these tools um, in positive ways. And that led to my role, I think, in co-founding some media labs along the way, where we were experimenting with new technologies. And I was always like kind of working with some young people um, and uh, helping, helping them to kind of get their hands on these tools and you know, including like taking them to taking a group of teenagers to SIGGRAPH back in the 90s. I think SIGGRAPH was this huge uh, graphics, uh, advanced graphics gathering that happens. Um, and uh, um, graphics is, is gra- all, computer, computer graphics, yeah. all computer graphics. And these young people were working early on with 3D modeling, side by side with people in our studio who were doing all kinds of projects commercial entertainment. Um, And I I mean, fast forwarding to today, uh, like in the last couple of years, uh, I started to notice that parents were being really challenged in like very hard ways uh, with the technology and the relationship with their kids, um, especially, well, even young children. I know a lot of the parents that I'm talking to today, you know, are parents of young children, and they're really trying to figure out how to, how, how, when, how much, uh, how little technology to to use with their kids. And with tweens and teenagers, as the kids get older, and really the pressure is on to get their first phone all kinds of uh, new uh, challenges come up. And it's often a a time of a lot of conflict. And so I really decided to bring forward this mindful digital life um, as a conversation really about uh, how to, how to, how to be more mindful around our technology, but particularly in the family um, and, and for young people. And so that's what I've been trying to think about and talk about and write about and work with families on. As I listen to you and I'm just remembering, you know, some decades ago now, I guess, when we were talking about, oh, maybe computers in the school, you know, it was a big deal to have kids, young people uh, having access to computers in the school. And now, as you say, fast forward, 
you know, it, it's now these little handheld devices, these cell phones and iPhones, and they're they're so powerful. They used to be big computers that had to be networked and all sorts of technological complications. Now it's just ubiquitous. And even seeing possibly babies uh, or small children with iPads, yeah. uh, which is like a, a little bit shocking yeah. to, to me uh, anyway. I was I was um, standing at my in line at my local cafe, and there was a bench beside where I was standing, and a father was sitting there drinking his coffee, and his son, who looked pretty young, um, turns out he was twenty two months, was standing on the bench right beside him with his phone in his hand, with his father's phone in his hand, an iPhone, and he was navigating. I could see that he was navigating, and um, I was fascinated and watching, and the father saw me watching and said, oh, yeah, he he goes from Safari to YouTube to a, a, a children's video on YouTube. He, he has been doing that for two months, you know, and uh, I was like, wow. Um, and, and uh, you know, I mean, there are really amazing positive things about that. And I think that it's worthy of really having some deeper dialogues around, you know, our intentionality and, and you know, how do we talk about that? How do we, how do we think about that? How do we um, evaluate that, um, you know, and how do we make sure that a young person who is really taking to technology at a pretty early age is is taking to it in a way that is really going to lead to um, the kinds of positive outcomes that we want for them rather than more as a babysitting, um, as you know, tool. Um, and also looking at the bigger picture of like the, the balance in their lives, you know, um, uh, are they getting their hands in the dirt, you know, are they... <laughs> Are they uh, spending a lot of time out in outside? Um, you know, I think REI just came out with a report called The Path Ahead, and in it they quote some other research about how ninety-five um, percent of Americans are spending, you know, most of their days indoors, <laughs> and you know, just the how we're becoming an indoor species, and so. So I think these are some of the um, issues that we need to be thinking about when when we're putting technology in the hands of young people really early. So you you mentioned oh, we're becoming an indoor species. That's an, yeah okay. Let's explore that for a moment because what does that mean for us in your experience for our development as a human species and what we how we want to be effective in in the on the planet yeah i think one of the stories from the last couple of years that really struck me was um uh, the story about the oxford junior dictionary um and there was a woman i think she was in the uk or maybe scotland mother of four and she noticed that some words were missing in the latest version of the Oxford Dictionary, uh, Junior Dictionary. This is a dictionary for nine-year-olds. And these were nature words, like acorn was one of the words. Um, you know, 
new words were coming in. One of the words that comes to mind was celebrity was coming in. Um, and um, and so this started a whole dialogue between some writers, very well-known writers, actually, and the um, editors of the Oxford Junior Dictionary. And the point that the Oxford Junior Dictionary editors made was that we are reflecting what's happening in the culture. And so what that said to me is that we have responsibility for making sure that our kids are having words like acorn arise in their vocabulary. And, and so we, we have to, you know, it's our responsibility to make outdoor time uh, a, an essential part of our lives. And, you know, I, I think that the obvious repercussions are if, for example, let's just look at birds. If you can't identify a sparrow, um, you know, a, a really common bird, whereas m most of the kids in this study in the UK, they could identify Pikachu from, you know, uh, uh, the a virtual world, um, but they couldn't identify a sparrow then how are we possibly going to, you know, be able to protect habitat for, for birds in our neighborhood? So that's what it gets down to for me. I'm here with Claudia Lamaru, and she's an educational consultant and founder of Mindful Digital Life. And her website, if you want to know more about her work, you can go to her website, claudialamaru.com. And she spells her last name, L-A-M-O-R-E-A-U-X, ClaudiaLamaru.com. And you can plug into her, her resources, her blog, subscribe to her blog and other things, other wonderful, interesting things and informative things on her website. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions. I'm here with Claudia Lamaru, and she is an educational consultant and founder of Mindful Digital Life. And she is an educator and works with young people and parents. And really, you, you're talking, Claudia, about looking more deeply at the kinds of conversations we should have. You tell, you mentioned about the the dictionary for young people and the words that are dropping out. I'm just wondering, why would they drop out words? Do they have a limited, like, did they say, oh, we can only do so many pages or something? I, that was my question. Like, 
why drop out words? I can understand adding words, but that one kind of confused me. Do you have any comment on that? Yeah, I, you know, I'd have to go back into that, uh, to that dialogue. I, I'm, sh- I'm sure that that was addressed. I would guess, as an editor myself, that there are some limitations. But I, I do recall that the main uh, thing is that it has to do with usage. And so what, you know, there was a whole list of words that this one parent had identified that had dropped out. And, you know, they were all uh, words of nature. I wish I had the list in front of me here. I remember acorn as being one, but there were also um, different bird bird names. And I think the point was that these words are not being used in you know, they're, they're really going down. Like I, I'm thinking of when you look at up the etymology of a word on Google, it shows a little chart of usage. And it usually shows when the word came into the vocabulary. And then it usually, sh- you know, it shows a graph that's usually either going up or, or down. And so if we graphed these according to the Oxford, you know, Oxford Junior Dictionary folks, these words are really going down in usage, whereas some of the other words that have been added that are more around technology are, are really going increasing in usage. And this brings up the whole idea of searches. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're doing digital searches, I mean, just this morning, for an example, here, we're sitting here for this interview, and myself and my engineer looked up your your words uh mindful, mindful digital, digital life. life and for my engineer Lou Judson it came right up at the top it was right there and your website Claudia Lamaru was right there for mine when i looked it up it was down number 4 and now why you know it's like for some reason there's some filter going on that's filtering that for me that didn't filter it for him. And that's going on all the time that we don't even realize that we, we think, oh, we're, we're just able to access this incredible information, but it's being filtered constantly. Well, I guess where I would go with that is I think that's a great example of the kind of thing we need to make conscious in our conversations with our kids, uh, whether they're students in in a classroom or whether they're our own children or our grandchildren or our friends' children, um, is helping them to understand things like that, doing experiments around that. That would be a great experiment, you know, choose a word or an organization or, or a name of a person to, to Google and have different people compare your results. So um, I think it's important for young people to realize, all of us to realize and make more conscious that, um, that it's not this like objective uh, search engine that all kinds of things are factoring in to what gets presented to us. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's the result of personalization. Um, um, But we need to understand that that's happening because in some, in some cases that's, that it's, it is 
hiding, you know, we're not seeing information that that is relevant. Um, and so there are people who've done some really nice work around that. I think one of the first uh, people to really call it in a great way was um, Eli Pariser in his book, The Filter Bubble. And um, for people who aren't book readers, you know, if you there's a great TED Talk, I think, that, that Eli Pariser does. It's P-A-R-I-S-E-R. Um, uh, to go more in depth to that, it, it really started in 2009, I think, when Google made some significant changes. Um, and so, you know, the most important thing about it, I think, is is that we need to be aware of these things rather than just using the tools. We need to really think think about how they're designed, how they function, uh, and and always be visiting that aspect of it, um, thinking I, about the tools that we're using instead of just using the tools and talking about that, making that a part of our daily conversation in the family so that our, we're, we're modeling that kind of investigation around our tools with, uh, you know, the young people in our environment. And that's what I love about the work and your philosophy and where you come from, Claudia, is that you're not throwing out the the tool of digital universe. There's something really very fine about that. But you're you're also saying, let's have deep conversations, especially within our families and especially with our young people who are so immersed in this world. And so let's talk about those kind of conversations we might have within our families. So what suggestions would you have for us to instigate a conversation within the family? Well, that's a great question, Justine. And, and I think that the first thing that I would say is that, like, if I'm talking to a parent, is that... Um, uh, I would suggest that they begin having regular conversations with themselves about how they're using technology because what I see a lot of is that parents think they're having a conversation with their kids, but they're really not. Because <laughs> I have some like basics of conversation for me mean that you have to come to conversation with an open mind, non-judgmental. You don't know the answers. It's a co-creative process. What I see a lot is parents think they know, and you know, it turns out being more of a, a lecture. And that usually doesn't work. Um, I don't think it ever works personally. And I think it's important to take time to uh, step out of how you're using the technology, like step out of just using it um, to actually reflect on your life with technology and to do that frequently. And then to to talk about that, to share that with your partner, with your co-parenting co partners, with your, you know, with the kids, especially as they're older. Um, but even younger, and I, I'm thinking about this one example where uh, a young, let's see, maybe seven-year-old was commenting on how her mother was always on the phone. And, and so there's a case where it would be important for the mother to share what she's doing on her phone and why she's on her phone in that moment with this young person. And at the same time also to think about 
do I really need to be on my phone right now? Now, for for say it's a the mother has a photography business and ne- needs to be available to respond, um, but she might actually think about creating some business hours and and sharing with her clients that these are the hours that she's going to be available, and then she can let her daughter know, I'm a hundred percent free during this time to be you know totally focused on what we're doing together. But at this time, during these times, I actually have to be available for my clients. And and so um, I may be taking a phone call or I may be answering a text and that's what's happening. So that's what I mean by making the, you know, this is a new skill. It's a skill that we haven't had to do. And I think we have to cultivate this skill and practice it because we're modeling then for our kids. We're we're modeling reflecting on our own technology use. We're we're modeling, you know, talking about it um, and making it conscious so that we can think about it aloud with other people. Well, I'm thinking also that it's it's shifted because – you use the example of a phone, and it used to be that the phone was hardwired in the house and it was in a certain place and so forth. But now it's in our purse or in our pocket, and it's with us all the time. And so it, we, it, it's like this digital world is available to us constantly. We get a ding and it's a, a message, you know, an instant message. And and people expect that we return that right away or we look at it right away or it's important. And it, so it's just changed the whole way we are. I mean, technology has entered into the field of our existence in a way now that's very, very different. So I think these kinds of conversations and these kinds of boundaries that we might need to to make in our lives, these are not easy to make because it's so seductive. <laughs> right, right. I think what you're talking about here is that we find ourselves in a in a a place of having uh, being connected twenty four seven, and it's relatively new. It's 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 um, in some ways snuck up on us, and so it's requiring of us, I think, a, a, another level of uh, awareness and mindfulness or around um, really thinking about how do we want to navigate this, um, I think we can make small changes that are going to have huge qualitative difference. For example, you can change the notifications on your phone so that you don't receive notifications all the time. Because, you know, a lot of the research shows that an interruption like that that can come in randomly at any time can cost us a lot of time in regaining our focus. So in that way, we're being proactive as to when we go to the technology right. rather than having the technology ding us. Right. And and this is where um, Tristan Harris, who was the design ethicist at Google, 
and now has recently has launched an organization, a new organization with Common Sense Media, uh, which is really oriented around reviewing all kinds of technology for parents and young people. Great organization, and they've got a great, great teaming together of making uh, kind of thinking about how to design technology for for humans (laughs) instead of humans for technology, which is basically where it's at today. Good, good. That's a good one to plug into. And I want to remind people that these are the sorts of references that Claudia would have in her blog and other resources on her website. And if you want to know more about her work, you can go to her website, ClaudiaLamaru.com. And she spells her last name L-A-M-O-R-E-A-U-X, Claudia Lamaru. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions. I'm here with Claudia Lamaru, and she is the founder of Mindful Digital Life, and she's an educational consultant. And Claudia, uh, going back to being proactive with our digital devices, if you can help us uh, with some suggestions how we can do that, I, I it's that's a an uphill climb, I think, in, for some of us. Well, I'm thinking about um, my own use and uh, reflection on my own use. Um, and um, I th- in, in thinking about it, how I was using the technology, um, I had the uh, Facebook app on my phone along with 40,000 other apps. And um, and I found myself just kind of randomly and frequently going there with my phone. And I, I really didn't, it wasn't serving me. It was clear that it wasn't serving me and that more that I was serving the app at that point. And, you know, understanding that the app designers designed it that way to be really compelling to um, kind of if I, especially when I'm stre- feeling stressed, it's a way to relieve my anxiety, for example. Um, and this is certainly true for a lot of our, our young people. And so what I realized was that I needed to amp up my self-calming uh, strategies, you know, in non-digital ways, um, taking walks, maybe I need to do more exercise uh, when I'm editing uh, and the piece is really challenging or writing something that's really challenging, get on the exercise bike or take the dog out for a walk. And I think that you know, these are things that as parents, we need to model with our kids um, and help them to understand how the devices are designed to keep them on the app, for example. So so in that moment of awareness, um, 
I, I took it off my phone, and I've, I've talked to other people who've taken Facebook off their phone. I wasn't opting out of Facebook. Um, I, I find Facebook really useful for um, many things, um, and it's not without issues, uh, but I try and make those conscious and talk with other people about those issues. Um, but but taking it off my phone was was a really great um, qualitative shift in in my life. Along with that, another uh, change that I made was when I'm looking at a video on YouTube that I've gone to intentionally. There's a setting that just brings up the next video automatically, and and that's an intentional design uh, to keep people on on the site longer. Uh, and I changed that setting so mm. that it doesn't do that. You know, these little tiny tweaks can, can really make a difference. And to help our kids to understand and to drill down into the dashboard in a sense and realize that they can, they can make these changes. But to be looking at those things to be not just using the tool, but really looking underneath at, at how how the tool is designed. Um, I mean, with with Facebook uh, recently, Facebook has really been a lot in the news um, because of some of the data um, breach things that have happened, ser- serious data breach things. So people are really thinking about it a little, a lot more than they have been. Um, but I think that these are the kinds of, um, and, and the reason that I brought that up is because people probably rarely are, are really reading um, what they're agreeing to. Um, and so I, I think as a part of like a, a regular family conversation about technology, you know, get out your get out your phone and and look at the settings and you know look at the privacy and see what you have turned on. Do you have your location turned on automatically all the time? Do you see where the button is where you can actually switch off that location uh, service um, so that you become more choiceful in how you use these instead of just um, letting it happen? I'm thinking of a, a quote that you have helped me to plug into, and um, that's also from Tristan Harris. And He says there are thousands of people on the other side of the screen whose job it is to break down the self-regulation that we have. Yeah, which becomes really important when you have a tween or or a teenager who are, you know, really um, working at uh, self-regulation. So it's it becomes. I mean, I think it's incredibly important for them to understand that uh, they've got people, you know, like designers who are paid really well, and that's their full time job to uh, to you know to kind of put chinks in your own exactly. abilities. And I'm thinking of the Greek myth Odysseus as he's sailing by the sirens in their call and to not succumb. He went to great lengths not to succumb to the siren call, and he lashes himself to the mast right. of his ship so that he wouldn't be tempted to 
to yes. answer their call. And and so that's what you're talking about. It takes that kind of, it, I mean, it might take that kind of proactive effort on our part to say, hey, this is a siren call. It's very seductive. It's very tempting. And it's also, is it distracting us from our purpose, from our values, from what it is that we want to accomplish? Well, I think that's a good place to talk about how by just kind of defaulting to this idea of screen time and saying to our teenager, for example, okay, you've got a half an hour that you can use your phone or your iPad. At, um, that is uh, not in my opinion, really uh, supporting them and gaining the skills that they need to navigate in in this world of uh, of twenty four seven technology. Um, we've, we've talked about modeling conversations with ourselves, a reflective conversation, and and modeling that in the family as well, where we learn how to talk about our technology use with each other. But at the same time, another thing that I think we need to be modeling is um, valuing our own solitude, that quiet space where we're, we're not just going to the easy, you know, uh, scrolling through Instagram. Um, and so understanding the role of solitude in our creativity and, and in our being able to be really social. Um, it's one of the things that I appreciate the most about Sherry Turkle's work in her book, uh, Reclaiming Conversation. She, she makes the connection between um, being able to be uh, alone, which is really along with you know the outside life. I think are uh, being able to just truly be at peace with being alone at times is a vanishing is another vanishing thing. And and so are are we modeling that as parents for young people? Are we how are we modeling dealing with our stress? Um, you know, are we using the the phone to to calm our stress down, or do we have other techniques that um, might be a little more valuable in the long run, like learning how to use our breath? I mean, there there are some there are some great apps uh, for that. Um, you know, to to kind of check in with yourself um, and maybe take a, a three minute mindful breath, or or you know, I'm a I'm a big fan of of just being learning how to to do that. There are some great organizations uh, like the Mindfulness in the Schools has been starting to you know have for some years now has been helping kids to learn how to use. Um, more of uh, their breath and uh, relationship to their bodies to uh, understand, to become aware of, of how they're feeling and to have some tools to be able to um, change that in a more positive direction if they're stressed out. Um, I'm also thinking of a group, the, the group uh, Inward Bound. I'm a big fan of them. Um, they uh, do retreats with young people. And I just love the idea of inward bound, you know, mm -hmm. um, outward bound's not bad either, but. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm thinking also 
with, let's say, communicating, learning to communicate, authentic communication. And there's such a temptation to to message someone, and and this is kind of a shorthand communication. It's only so many uh, letters and so many words, and so we send that off. Or even Facebook, usually a picture or something or an, a link or something, and we say some things, and that's all very nice. But I'm just wondering, um, what about these deeper conversations that we may be missing out on and, and maybe falling out of our culture, especially within families and culture in general? Well, I, I guess that's why I'm such a big fan of conversation, a proponent of conversation, co-creative conversation in the in the family. Sherry Turkle's done some of the best work on that uh, that I've seen in, in the Reclaiming Conversation um, piece. And again, there are some great videos of her uh, talking about that, that work if you don't read, um, if, if you don't have time to read. But but I'm also thinking about um, the work by Dana Boyd, and she has a book called It's Complicated. And Dana's a researcher for Microsoft. And what Dana has done is gone out and talked to hundreds of teens. And um, I think it's really important to understand how that teens are using these tools for sociality, for, you know, in, in really positive ways. And, and Dana does one of the best jobs of illuminating that. And, you know, we can, we can get lost in there in, um, you know, we're vulnerable. All of us are vulnerable, I think, to trying to make the perfect post or, you know, comparing ourselves to other people. But those, so those are the topics to be talking about in conversation, but, but not talking at our kids, but really talking from our own experience, you know, like, how is it for me when I see a website by this, um, you know, by this author and what what comes into play when I compare my website to her website or my photo to her photo. And I, this is the skill that I think we need to develop is really coming from a personal place in and thinking about what our relationship is with all the different technologies, because there are so many different ones that's going to help our help our kids. I'm here with Claudia Lamaru, and she is the founder of Mindful Digital Life, an educational consultant, and um, you're listening. I'm Justine Willis-Toms, and you're listening to New Dimensions.
I'm here with Claudia Lamaroux, the founder of Mindful Digital Life, and she's an educational consultant. And Claudia, I'm reminded in your book and also in your blog, you have reminded me of someone with whom we've had interviews in years past, uh, poet David White. You use this quote, you brought up this quote that I just love because I think it's pertinent to what we're talking about. David says, the ability to ask beautiful questions often in very unbeautiful moments is one of the great disciplines of a human life, more fulfilling life. So what would you have to say to that? I think it's a core practice that uh, helps us in the move in the direction of a mindful digital life, cultivating this practice of asking beautiful questions in David White's sense of it. A key thing that as a parent to be modeling with our kids, because, you know, what's the difference between a beautiful question and a and just a, you know, just a question. Uh, and I, I think that a beautiful question is a question we don't really know the answer to, whereas we tend to uh, kind of ask our kids, if we do ask them questions, we ask them questions that we think we know the answer to. And sometimes a very accusatory right. sort of question is like, right. why did you stay out so late? Or, you know, so I don't right. know, I'm just making that up. But, or, you know. Do you think that spending four hours playing that game is right. really good for you? Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, whatever. Yeah, it's and, like... So, but to be really curious. So, yeah, so curious to, is the key word, I think. Yeah, like cultivating our own curiosity, you know, and the beautiful question idea. I think it helps us to cultivate that, our, our curiosity, because I do think that we can lose our curiosity around uh, the technologies and the new technologies, Um we're all working really hard today and, you know, there's a lot of pressure on families and, um, you know, parents are validly concerned uh, about technology use and uh, how, you know, there aren't enough hours in the day. And I think it's um, important to create these opportunities and kind of a, a family practice to go in there together and ask what are what are our beautiful questions um, as a family you know what what do we care about what are our values as individuals and together as a family I who was it I can't remember someone who it might have been um, Robert Thurman mm. it might have been Robert Thurman uh, the Buddhist scholar who who talked about that the parents at the table, instead of saying, what did you learn today? They, the question of the day at the dinner table was, what question did you ask today in school? Hmm. And I thought, oh, wow, okay, that's a very different take. Not what did you learn today, but what question did you ask today? Yeah, that's nice. So what questions are we asking with deep curiosity? Mm-hmm. And and again, and, what do we value? Well, yeah, thinking about like really ha- having the conversation around curiously asking what is it that, that we care about and trying to get more and more clear about that. It's not like you're just going to pin it down. It may continually be changing, but to have that be an important 
part of the conversation, almost like a core part of the conversation, and making those values visible somehow, like almost like a family mission statement sometimes I think about as a, a way to um, reflect, you know, then when you are reflecting, like, is that is that serving me? I think that making those values clear as individuals and as a family is really going to help us when the 80,000, 550,000, 10 million distractions come our way, it helps us to to keep the course. I mean, I'm not saying you never go off on, you know, go off on this little side trip here. I mean, serendipity is a beautiful thing. But if you're always, you know, in serendipity, um, you might not really be... um, doing some of the things that you in your heart really believe are important for you to be doing here. I mean, there is a lot uh, being asked of us today, and it's easy to just uh, spend five hours, um, you know, scrolling uh, on Facebook. And that I doubt if that's really going to lead to the kind of feeling that uh, we we want to be feeling. You know, there are times when it it's a wonderful thing. You know, I can see see the some photographs that my friends are taking on their trip in Scotland. It's awesome. I can kind of you know yeah. connect with yeah. them, but it's not serving me when I'm I'm there for uh, because uh, whatever whatever challenges are facing me are overwhelming. And I, I don't really know in that moment how to, to bring my attention to, to go into that space. So. Well, I, I know for myself, Claudia, one of my values is friendship. Mm. I mean, I, I've written that down. And, and I get very, very immersed in my work and, and doing these interviews and researching and preparing and running an organization, a nonprofit organization. And it takes a lot of time and energy and focus. And yet I know I might, uh, there might be something that comes in that has to do with this value I have of friendship. A call might come in or a letter or something that someone's, a friend of mine is going through. And I have to stop and say, what do I value right here? Do I need to take time now to to live my value in this moment? Or do I just sort of ride override it and just go back to my other other world? And that's where we make these we get these choice points for our values. And how do we then maintain, what suggestions do you have for us to maintain a our, our participation in fully in our value system? Well, I, I think you gave a great example. I mean, you you took the time to identify that friendship is a value. If we don't take the time to identify what our values are regularly, because you know our values are going to uh, shift. Uh, well, yeah, the priorities around the values. Yes. So something at a certain point may become more important. Um, then it's going to be really hard. We're just in the soup. Um, and so I mean, I'm thinking of uh, a. a Howard Rheingold, who I really appreciate, uh, an early, early uh, 
internet pioneer and educator and um, artist and 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 Howard wrote the book Net Smart, uh, which is a great book I can recommend. And one of the points that Howard made that really got my attention is how he he keeps his goals right there on his screen on his computer. Um, I keep mine, um, you know, I have the daily goals because uh, being someone who makes their living uh, working online a lot, um, uh, there are a million distractions and and I have to keep my daily goals right in front of me and visit them maybe 50 times um, because (laughs) the distractions are so profound. Um, There's so many of them and, and, and I, and it's, you know, I find it's really critical to have these schedules, these opportunities to, to reflect more deeply about, um my um my tech my own uh uh technology use and where i'm trying to where you know what i really care about in the world so in in these this final one minute we have is there anything that you want to to say to help us bridge that that to be present in the moment well somehow what i'm thinking in the final moment of our conversation today justine is just how much uh i care about this planet that i share with other people and i think that as you know beings of this planet all of us have that within us and um you know, there are a lot of challenges today, and technology uh, can play an extraordinary role in helping us to understand what some of those challenges are and helping us to share solutions. And I think that, you know, it's really important to um, explore together and and uh, shine a light on uh, who's doing really good work, um, who's, who's created some t- uh, technology technological solutions or any kind or non-technological solutions I mean you can bet they're being shared online um, that is our our connected uh, creative space today and so I think it's really important to um, to always keep you know be looking for the the beauty the positive um, and to illuminate that and 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 seek that out and share that with other people, um, with, and especially with our kids, um, and to you know look for what the kids are doing, um, you know look with curiosity and and um, honor uh, the insights that they have, um, and uh, you know learn from them too. Claudia, I want to thank you so much for being part of our conversation today. Really beautiful to be here and have this opportunity to go into this and think about some of the beautiful questions. Thank you so much. I've been speaking with Claudia Lamaru, and she is the founder of Mindful Digital Life, and she's an educational consultant. Her website is claudialamaru.com, and she spells her name Lamaru is L. A-M-O-R-E-A-U-X, ClaudiaLamaru.com, or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. She has blogs and lots of resources. Check it out. 
I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You've been listening to New Dimensions. This is program number 3643. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You, too, can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. You can also subscribe to our free weekly podcasts and find over a thousand hours of audio dialogues in our searchable archive. New Dimensions is produced by New Dimensions Radio in Santa Rosa, California, USA. Our executive producer is Justine Willis-Toms. Our post-production editor is Lou Judson. This program was recorded at Strawberry Hill Productions, a full-service podcast production studio in Novato, California. We sincerely thank all of you who have supported us by being members of Friends of New Dimensions, as well as members of our affiliate stations. My name is Dan Drayson. On behalf of everyone at New Dimensions, whose endeavors make this program possible, I'm wishing you well. New Dimensions Radio is an independent producer supported by listener contributions. To find out more about the program you've just heard, to subscribe to our free weekly newsletter and our New Dimensions and New Dimensions Cafe podcasts, and to access thousands of other programs in the New Dimensions archive, please visit our website, newdimensions.org. That's newdimensions.org. Or call us at 707-468-5215. That's 707-468-5215. Please join us next time as we explore New Dimensions.